0: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Up podcast. Uh, This week is the final week of the recent paramedic graduate or whatever I've been calling it for week to week. I hope you guys have enjoyed listening to these guys and girls as they share their experiences from paramedic school uh, up through their first couple of years in the career field. This week, we're pretty lucky. Uh, We had Sean stop by. He came by the Up studios. He talked about being pretty much a baby medic. Who actually has a paramedic card in his pocket, and he's got to be careful with it because the ink is still pretty wet on that thing. And this guy literally walked down the aisle to graduate a hundred days before recording this episode. It's probably one of my favorite episodes to date, which is mostly due to uh, how open Sean is and how sincere he is about uh, his past life experiences, his medical school experience, and the job experience and what he expects to get out of it. I I have no doubt. Uh, how far this guy is going to go, because you can tell um, he's he's willing to put the effort into it to get a lot out of it. Uh, and if you're a student listening to this, uh, whether you just started or you're partway through your EMT or your medic program, I really think you can relate to a lot of things that Sean talks about uh, being away from his family, um, the time commitment, uh, the stress, um, and just wanting to do a good job and then, you know, beginning to learn as much as he possibly can once that initial education is done. So guys, give it a listen. Thank you all for listening. Uh, We passed a thousand downloads this past week, which is like 999 more than I thought I would ever get. So if you guys keep listening, I'll keep creating. Uh, You guys feel free to contact uh, MedicUp either by leaving a comment here through the uh through the website or you guys can search us on facebook at medic.up.podcast and leave us a uh facebook message post on uh post on our feed send us uh, a p.m. or something like that with what you want to hear or who you want to hear and uh we'll do our best to get them on so guys again thanks for listening and uh here's sean so give us if you give us as much background demo on yourself as you want to
1: All right. Well, my name's Sean White. Um, I've been married for 15 years to the same person. (laughs) Uh, I have two children, uh, nine and six years old. Uh, I work for a busy EMS system in the upstate of South Carolina. Uh, A recent graduate of the paramedic program here at Greenville Technical College.
0: In 2017, right? 2017.
1: 2017. And so I've been basically operating as a paramedic for about right at three months,
0: three months. So then if people have been following along with the project, uh, the basis of this is they've been my graduates from my cohorts and I can't claim you. <laughs> um, right. Sadly, I can't claim you because I was gone. I was, I'd, I had left, I had left the college. I had went back to the, uh, the County as a training officer. And, uh, but now I'm back, I'm back to the college, but, you're the you're the baby graduate, the baby medic, and the perspective is what I'm looking for. So,
1: well, I mean, I did use you know come to you a lot for advice and pointers and you know because you were you had a lot of experience with, with the way things went here. So right, try to get all the input that I could get.
0: And I'm always I'm always around. I always appreciate it. No problem. I always give out the give out that free advice. <clears throat> wow. So, what uh, what brought you to EMS?
1: What brought me to my EMS? Well, honestly, I I started out as a driver for a convalescent service, you know, just driving the wheelchair bus. I fell into that role because a good friend of mine that I grew up with recommended me. He's like, "Hey man, you've been looking for a, a job, uh, and and just putting food on the table." So I fell into that driver spot.
0: What were you doing before?
1: Construction.
0: Construction well,
1: I did tile work for about seven years.
0: Tile work and nothing, nothing, no no ties to EMS, public safety, fire, police, nothing. 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 Laying tile.
1: Laying tile. And
0: then somebody said, go drive the ambulance.
1: Making good money. And then the bottom fell out of the economy and I needed a place to work. The, the the construction just really wasn't there. And my friend, my buddy was looking out for me. He's like, Hey, they need a driver. You have no experience right now in this field. Come on over. So I did started driving, did that for about a year. One thing led to another. I was like, Hey, I need to get certified as an EMT. What's look, the next
0: step, right? Yeah.
1: I gotta, I gotta take that next step. Um, the people that I was working for were very generous and, you know, gave me all the encouragement to go do that. Uh, so I did. Went to EMT school with 2011, I believe. Dr. Bill Markley. All right. Good so, deal. And, uh, <clears throat> so he was my instructor, uh, I went through that, worked for about, I guess, five or six years in the convalescence, not 911 service. And I had my eye on medic, but I wasn't quite convinced that that's what I wanted to do yet. I knew there's a lot of responsibility. There's a lot of stuff that goes along with it, a lot of training, a lot of dedication. And more than anything, I realized that if you want to be a medic, you got to want it.
0: Right. And right. I wasn't
1: convinced that I wanted that it, during that time period.
0: When you were... And not to downplay anybody, but when you were doing working for convalescent services, were you like, "Uh, this is good enough," or "I wish I could break into the nine one one end"? And the nine one one end in this area is the you know only as a medic, or was it stuff like that? Or
1: I mean, whenever I got my EMT, like I was, I was really wanting to get into nine one one. Okay, but at the time, the the service that I wanted to work for, which I want, which I work for currently now you couldn't get a call back from those guys,
0: especially as an EMT.
1: Especially as an EMT. Right. They only hired a select few and they were at the top of the game. Mostly intermediates. Absolutely. Yeah. And right. so you you had to be very had a lot of experience and they, you know, know you different things, you know, requirements. And I tried. I tried two or three times to get on with the job that I have now. Mm-hmm. It just what it just didn't open itself up. And you know, as soon as I, the very first callback that I got for the place where I work now, I jumped on it because I right. wanted my foot in the door. That's where I wanted to be because of the reputation alone.
0: All right. We're going to come back to that, but, uh, what we'll, we'll get the, Well, you know what? Before we get to the school stuff, you got a job at that service and you got a job as OST. Right. Yeah. Like, I started off just
1: stocking trucks.
0: Operational support technician in our logistics department or the logistics department <coughs> of EMS and, uh. Over you there, you were there probably about a year, right out of year, and yeah. right out of year, because I remember the day that you got the full time spot, which was four or five days before paramedic school. <laughs> yeah, and I remember a conversation that took place in logistics. Where I, what did I tell you? What did I? What was my free advice?
1: I, I think it was along the lines of, "Have you lost your mind?" <laughs> and What's I your... said,
0: "Probably not the best idea in the world to work a full time." EMT job at this service while you're going to paramedic school.
1: I'll say it now. You are absolutely (laughs) right. (laughs) It was very, very high stress.
0: And time consuming. Absolutely. Time consuming. So, all right, we're going to hit some more of that in a little while. Okay. But, um, so, EMT school, I would think being exposed to ambulance operations prior to that, it was probably a breeze. You, know, you rolled through 200 plus hours with no problem, and you worked. So, what that five years? What do you think you gained from it? Do you think you gained anything from it, or uh, was it just like I guess I get a lot of people saying, "Well, granny transfers. What am I really getting out of it?" Well, you know, I got out of third service transfers. I when I did that, I got out of it. I learned assessment. I absolutely. learned. I learned. I learned lab values as an EMT because I would again back in the day before electronic medical records they would give you the big chart from the from the nursing home and then you know i had a 45 minute trip to whatever doctor's office or outpatient whatever and i would read through it and be like oh great and over time i understood what lab values were what was high what was low i'd go home i'd look them up i'd look at my patient i would you know i wouldn't just sit in the back of the truck i would actually do a physical assessment i would take blood pressures and you know do what you're supposed to do
1: absolutely yeah i mean and I've said this, especially looking back on it now, I learned how to interact with patients, something that you can't be taught in a classroom. Right. I learned how to take a blood pressure bumping down the road. I learned how to just communicate with people, see that, you know, we learn what the normal values are on blood pressure, pulse respirations, and seeing things that on your, say, take for example, dialysis patients, seeing things that's way outside of normal, but it's normal for them. mm mm-hmm. And being able to recognize, you know, I I think it started me being able to recognize sick versus non-sick.
0: Right, absolutely. Uh,
1: Navigation, uh, you know, the way around the city, how the ambulance, like you said, operations, how it works, what buttons do what, how the maps work, you know. Man, it's a crucial experience that you really can't get. With a lot lower stress. Exactly. Because, I mean, you're using some skills. You're not using the vast toolbox every tool in there right but you're using things that's going to get you experience and get you used to it before it's in a high stress like do absolutely. it right now kind that, of
0: thing absolutely i agree 100 so you make the decision it's time to pull the trigger i want to become a paramedic
1: absolutely
0: all right cool so you you end up here at greenville technical college and uh you're off and running first semester paramedic what um you made it through you just graduated um, how well do you think, and not the school itself, but the content, the curriculum? How well do you think it prepared you for your first day in ALS?
1: I I believe wholeheartedly that it gives you what you need to be successful to to start to grow off of.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I feel like the material was adequate, and maybe even more than what you really need because some of the stuff that you learned during med school, you know, you're not going to use every single bit of that like you're not going to be able to recognize a lot of that when you first start out obviously i don't right um i think it's stuff that you need to know i think it's stuff it's a good foundation like you know, we talk about the, whenever you come out of school you're an entry level paramedic yeah.
0: entry level paramedic you took the national certification exam which again you know are when you look percentage wise you you're required to understand 75% of the job and you know it's healthcare. it's a high reliability organization it's you know is 75 good enough or uh, that's a
1: that, that's a starting place it's the tip this, of the this, iceberg this field is not a field that you can get into and expect to like pass that test check that box and you're done right like it's you're gonna have to continue to learn you're gonna have to continue to learn things that you don't think you're gonna need because that's when you're gonna go out to somebody's house and you're gonna see that and you're gonna be like you're either going to have no idea what in the world's going on or you're going to remember that article you read three months ago that has nothing to do with anything you were seeing at that time. But you remember it just jogs you at that last second about, hey, I've seen this. I recognize this. I read about this. I learned about this. Right. And it's not your basic curriculum, not stuff that, you know.
0: It's exposure and exactly. experience. Right. It's being exposed and it's it's experiencing. And, and like I said, uh, I say it a lot that the uh, it might not be the best way to learn an EMS, but unfortunately... You learned an EMS from getting burned. Oh, absolutely! Um, you know, and I'm not talking about crazy sentinel event clinical errors that are career ending. I'm talking about you know you 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 end up off a call, you self reflect and go, man, you know I could have done a lot better, or you know I did the patient handoff and the doc said, oh well, you know this is that, and it's like, man, I wasn't even. Why did I not even think of that? <laughs> That's funny, you,
1: know. uh, you said it's funny you said that because like in in our med class. Uh, I was a big proponent of BGLs. Like, no matter what scenario we were doing, no matter what it related to, I was asking, what's a BGL? It's one of the first things I always ask. And, and I carry that over to every patient right now that I transport. I try to check a BGL on every single one of them. Diabetic, not diabetic, doesn't matter to me. I want a BGL. It's a vital sign. It absolutely is. And and, and it will make or break you a lot of times. I got burnt one time on not taking a BGL, and it was, you know, a problem, you know. So... I ask every single time I go ahead and stick, get that BGL, no matter what it is, because you don't want to get to the hospital and, well, you've got this patient who's got pneumonia and got all these things. And you're thinking paramedic, let me drop some, some kind of medication that throws some medicine at it and then get to the hospital and they got a BGL of 26 or right. something, you know, right. yeah. I mean,
0: oh, I, I could have fixed that a half hour ago. Right. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> don't get burnt by something like a BGL.
0: <laughs> so what, uh, what you kind of said a little bit before? What, what didn't paramedic school prepare you for in the
1: job? What didn't it? I mean, there's still issues with you know operation wise. I feel like certain things that maybe you can, maybe you can't even learn it in, in medical school. I don't know. Maybe the only way you can learn it is experience. Right. Um, but you know, report writing we didn't focus in detail a lot. We wrote reports. We wrote a ton of reports. But I don't know that, like, they're to the same degree that you're required to write a when you go work on a truck, you know? Right. Yeah, it gets you through school. You get the concept of you got to put your good history, your allergies, blah, 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 blah. But you're going to, you don't understand fully that concept until you have the potential to go to court and have to testify (laughs) on what's in that report. It's definitely a gap. Um,
0: And I rack my brain trying to figure out how much extra time to devote. In lab, in lecture, during school, to try and bridge that gap a little bit. Um, six years, and I still don't have a good answer. Um, and I know it's one of the, it's definitely a thing that holds the new paramedic back locally, um, because the preceptors would be like, "Oh my gosh, your your charts aren't that great," and I'd be <laughs> like, "Well, you know, they didn't do a lot, or we didn't focus." as much as we did on that versus making sure they understand how to treat dysrhythmias
1: or. Absolutely. And and, and you can, like, like you said, that's something that you can teach, you can grow, and you're going to develop your own style through time that I've seen. I was fortunate in that I worked for an emergent service before, like you said, while I was going through medic school. So I had amazing preceptors. Um, I had amazing medics that I got to work with. And I could ask them questions the whole time, so right. it wasn't just that I was getting that learning experience in a classroom. I was applying it on the streets every day
0: and getting that reinforcement from Absolutely. people you'd already
1: had relationships and with. and people that worked here. Right? I mean, there was some people that were did that, that were medics at where I work, and they were also teaching. You know, it's part time, some on the side. Absolutely. And they they could they could say, "Remember in class when we did this? This is you know." So I was seeing it you know, live and I could read their reports. I could right. see how everybody works things their way and what
0: they require, and what you need, what works, what doesn't, what should I, what can I steal from this person? Absolutely. So, and that was me. You know, I just had to learn how to write ALS reports. I had been writing BLS reports that took a while to learn. And, you know, again, it was good to have that prior experience. So, and I absolutely get it. Um, so what would you say, what would you say to the medic student on their first day? So for us, first semester paramedic, EMS 150, What would you say to them walking into the room?
1: First day at 150. Enjoy the semester. It's probably going to be the easiest one
0: you got throughout. The fun and game semester. Absolutely. Let's learn to innovate. Let's learn to do IVs. Let's learn advanced assessment. And very little pathophys. very little drug profile memorization. That's later. We give you that false sense of hope. We hook you like a drug dealer. We give you that first. That first hits free. We hook you. Right. And then we say, look, it's going to be horrible from here on out for the next year and a half.
1: Yeah, I'd say (laughs) definitely enjoy it. Learn all you can. Um, You're going to be pissed off all the way through paramedic school. I think it's designed to make you that way. I was. I was a complete ass the whole time through, I'm sure, (laughs) Uh, according to my wife, you know. (laughs) And uh, no, but I mean, I think it's designed to get you to a point where you're so frustrated. You have to make that decision. Do you want it? Because, because like I said a while ago, there's a lot of responsibility. There's a lot of decisions that's gonna be on your shoulder. Is as, as much as we try to play it off in this industry, like you gotta want it and you gotta take it seriously, even though we joke about it and make fun of certain things that other people don't understand. I, I agree. It's a responsibility that's a very, very big and it needs to be taken seriously.
0: And not not only are you the baby paramedic graduate who just graduated you you said it twice now you said i've been married for 15 years and you talked about oh my wife said i wasn't asked for school and there's a huge time commitment for paramedic school i don't no matter where you go <clears throat> whether it's a 15 month program two-year program like we have here for the degree um you're somebody who did it with a what i'll just i usually refer to it as a bunch of of obligations you have yeah, family sure. obligations you have a wife and kids um uh, and again, it's really weird because we've, ne- you and I have never worked together at the county. I was only involved in a few classes during your paramedic school. I think I taught med math, maybe capnography. I remember. I, I don't remember all that, but um, I absolutely remember a ton of passing conversations that I had with you over at the county. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember our administrative assistant in the college who had related a story to me about you and she said you know sean hasn't seen his wife and kids since like labor day it was like <laughs> it was or maybe it was like memorial day and it was coming up on labor day and it's like you know he hasn't really seen him he hasn't had a weekend off because it was I work, like I said, don't, shouldn't work, shouldn't take in the full-time job. Right, right. So it would be school two to three days a week, clinic at least one of
1: those days. Absolutely. At least
0: because in the summer, you know, you were doing, if it wasn't, well, that would be spring. So three 150. Three days a week going right. to
1: school and the rest of the days I work. Right. I'd go three days. I, I averaged the entire time I was in med school. I averaged about one day a month off where I didn't have somewhere.
0: To no be. obligation. No, I, I can actually stay at my house and see one my family. Day, right. One day a
1: month for the whole year. Right. And my wife. And I mean, I spent a lot of FaceTime with my kids and my wife missing soccer games.
0: Thank and, God for technology now.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So it's definitely, I would go three days. I would pack, you know, clothes, food, shower stuff, whatever I could pack in, in my vehicle go off, and I'd say, I, you know, I'll call you, I'll FaceTime you, I'll see you when <laughs> I see you, and I'd come strolling in three days later and, and pass out. I, when I was at home, I wasn't daddy, husband, whatever. I was trying to, right? but it was, hey, I need to pass out. I haven't slept but about two or three hours a night during this right. time period. And like you said, I mean, I was warned about it, but at the same time I still got bills to pay, I still got mouths to feed.
0: And so. now, dude, that, uh, it brings up another another point you're you're a little bit older than our normal 18 year old 19 year old zero to hero paramedic okay 34 34 married for 15 years kids who are old enough to be what i would say self-sufficient you have babies um they know when you're not there oh absolutely they know when you're not there uh you know you're missing out on stuff
1: how did you balance it like what did you what did you say you said facetime and stuff right but. yeah facetime I mean if I had I, I mean I I probably should, could have studied more while I was in school I don't think you'd never study enough but I sacrificed some of the studying time to try to make it to some events you know mm-hmm. the the awards at, at school the soccer games like obviously there's no way you're gonna make all of them not even half of them. But I would go to there and I would, you know, explain to them, look, you know, daddy's trying to get done with the school and they understood and they were like they were very supportive of me during that time period. That's good. Um, I mean, you. they knew I wasn't there, but they understood why. And I just kept reiterating that it's for a short time and the day we'll be here. Right. And I make up for I try to make up for that now. Right. Don't just lay out not to go, you know, to their, their events and whatnot, but always make a present because I mean, you know, if I Destroy my family because I'm never around, even after med school. Right. Then, I mean, why do it at all? You know.
0: Right. That's why I have a hard time with all the people who work three and four jobs and, you, you know, I, I see it and it definitely it's definitely on the paramedic student side in the back of my head. It's very it's it's unhealthy. It's okay. unhealthy mentally. It's definitely unhealthy physically, and and again, you know, not as a selling point or anything ever, but our. Our curriculum has a lot of extra hours built into it. We don't do the minimum that the state requires. We do well over it. Um, and uh, we put out a better product, my opinion, obviously. And I've said it before. We, I, don't, I don't graduate entry-level paramedics. I graduate, I probably graduate a second-year paramedic who still has to get through their first year. But I've heard it. I've heard it from area employers you put out you guys put out a great product and again very validating but again at what cost you know uh you know in the back of my head it's a man i I pulled sean away from his family for 24 months Uh, and sometimes it's kind of it's kind of tough to think that but again lucky good support system your kid your wife your kids understand which is which is good and again you know some of these people it's hard to be sympathetic when the paramedic student who's like, yeah, I have a car payment. You're, right. Yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. You got to pay your car, pay your cell phone bill. Um, your parents still pick up your insurance and they're paying your rent. So what are you complaining about again? <laughs> right. It's really, it's really difficult to, uh, and, and again, I, I've said it in, <clears throat> in the past, you know, I I, 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 that was me. I had no attachments. I had to pay for, I had to pay to put gas in my car. I had to pay monthly rent and my cell phone bill, wow. uh, and food, but I live with four other dudes. Um, but, within 2 years i alienated myself from them because i was never around if i wasn't if i wasn't at work i was on a ride time if i wasn't at a ride time i was at a clinical if i wasn't at a clinical i was in school 2 to 3 days a week uh and you know like i said they would just stop asking after a while like hey you want to hang out i'm like oh, i have to do paramedic stuff sorry Absolutely. So, but I, so I get it and that's good. And, you know, you made it through it. Uh, I've met your family and they're awesome. I, I met them at graduation. I thought that, you know, they were super cool. So I'm definitely good.
1: dedicated to the cause, you know, I'm dedicated to it, but like, I mean, I've and I would tell my wife this, look, you know, I'm, I'm dedicated to what I'm doing. I love what I'm doing. Um, but I can always get more, I can always get more money. I can't get more time. Right. So you got to spend it wisely. Right. And I decided that, you know, paramedic school was worth the, the sacrifice. My family supported me in that, went through it, and I'm happy with the outcome so far. And I
0: think uh, a lot of the younger, the younger students, without that worldly experience and extra responsibility, I don't. It's funny to watch them complain <laughs> uh, and, and be like, "Look, and this guy over here has been away from his wife and kids for three and a half months trying to get IV sticks and, and advanced assessments." stop completely it's really hard to be sympathetic to you just right. go you know go home you sleep in your car uh, which we've had we've had plenty of students who come off of a shift they sleep in their car they show up to class around 900 and we've had a few students who went on a break and didn't come back because they fell asleep <laughs> somewhere in our
1: building and I-, yeah, I tried to take a nap in the parking lot when i was in <laughs> school walking to the car i just laid down i was like man i'm exhausted right and but-
0: again super that's so unhealthy it's not it even is. funny absolutely. And, and that's yes. as a student and it carries over into our jobs and we, it's something ems has to work on
1: absolutely
0: all right so you you pep them up first day of ems 150 how about now they're walking down they're at pinning or they're at graduation what do you tell them what's your what's your free advice for them
1: my free advice two things that i can think of just off the top of my head first thing uh, that was told to me was it's not your emergency. Don't make it your emergency. Do your job. Keep rationale, You know, keep keep a logical balance on what's going on. It's not your emergency. Don't make it your emergency. But treat it like it, for what it is. It is somebody's emergency. And number two, don't be don't be scared to, uh, afraid to fail. You're gonna fail. You're gonna make mistakes. It's going to happen. If you can't understand that, maybe it's not for you. I mean, like you're going to fail. Learn from it. And push forward.
0: Which is uh, absolutely, you're absolutely right. So a lot of EMS people and public safety people will say up front, I'm a type A, type A personality. I know a lot of non-type A personalities in EMS. The, but also a part of that type A, yeah, I have command presence. The emergency stops when I walk in the door because I got this. But sometimes you don't got this. Right. And at the end of the call, you got to do, you got to have that intrapersonal conversation, not inner personal, not you and me. It's got to be me and me. And it's like, did I, did I lose control of that? Or was there a better way? Or man, that was definitely not how I should have approached that. The next time I'm faced with it, I would do X, Y, Z. Um,
1: It's dangerous when you can't be honest with yourself. Absolutely. What's going
0: on. You can't grow like that. And those, you watch those people, you do watch those people grow and it's poor. uh, And they do they're the ones who want to shift blame they want to explain it away they want to rationalize just to rationalize and no matter they know they know they did it wrong but they're going to tell you why it wasn't wrong at the time and how great they are Um, and again detrimental down the line unfortunately Um, it it does catch up i've watched it catch up with people Um, so and again i think it's probably something we should be fostering in school a little bit and i try and do it in lab with the structured debrief but uh, you know, try and push that out to the preceptors and say, look, man, make them, make them think after the call. Don't just be like, hey, Sean, great job on that call. Get in the truck. It right. needs to be like, hey, I think you did really well on that call. Tell me what you think. And then it starts getting even to that rhythm of, well, if you put me on the spot, I would, would say, yeah, you said good job, but I think I could have done better here. Or, yeah, I thought I did really well on that assessment, but you know, I, if I had to go back and do it again, I would have added this. And, yeah. and then you watch the preceptor go, "Wow, I didn't even think of that." You know, yeah, but you're right. Let's try that on the next call, which is good because you both get something out of it.
1: That's what I did all the way through. You know, all the way through med school, I do it to this day. Right, and, and uh, you can ask one of the person, one person that absolutely. Uh, I would do this back and forth. And it, it may, even during the call, the questions off my partner is Alex Alexandra. If you could talk to her, ask you could ask her right now. After every single call, whether the call went great, whether the call went piss poor and just turned into a shit show, uh, we would discuss everything. What could we have done better? Let's find something we could have done better, something we didn't think, you know. When exactly right and how did it turn out?
0: Right. And so, and, and I speculate a lot that, and again, I use you as a perfect example, uh, baby medic, but you're a worldly dude. All right. You've had life experiences. You didn't come into the job at 19 years old um, with like everything is puppy dogs and ice cream. <laughs> and oh, my God, the first time someone called me a bad name on a call, I didn't know people would. could. You know, I'm a paramedic. You can't talk to me like that. And they, <laughs> they shut
1: down. Um, he called me an ambulance driver. The whole time I was thinking, like, <laughs> "Look, dude, I've been I've been called a, a lot worse by a lot higher class, right? So I've been, like, I've been call, I, used to,
0: I used to tell people that all the time. But I, hey, look, I've been called worse by better." Get in the truck. Right. I mean, let's just move on. Yeah, we're better than that. Yeah. Last time I checked, you said you had chest pain. Don't don't worry about what I'm doing over here. Let's go. Let's go help you. Right. Yeah. So, and I think again, you you have you come into it more worldly, and you're able to self-assess, and and you know you've had those experiences, you've had experiences, you've had you've probably had failure in the past. Absolutely. Uh, You know, and you you grow from it, whether it's good or bad. You're you're absolutely exposed to it. So I see that as a very big difference between groups of students.
1: So. I tell my wife, people are designed for this kind of work. I feel like I was designed to do this kind of work. Like, it just fits my person, And I think maybe that's why I love it. I've done jobs where I just, you know, fast food jobs or, you know, whenever I was a teenager, you know, construction jobs. I mean, I've always been able to adapt to what I, you know, whatever put food on the table, whatever I could make another buck doing. But I, I wasn't happy with what I was doing. Right. And, I mean, obviously, I'm not happy all the time with what I'm doing now, but most of the time I am, and I love what I do. I'm jealous Not of that, right?
0: I'm absolutely jealous of that. This is all I've ever done. All I've done is EMS. Uh, all I've ever done well. I mean, even there really hasn't been too much outside of EMS that I've ever done um, besides teaching, which is EMS related. Right. Um, cool. You got to be happy, I'm.
1: man. You got to. I, I, that's one thing that I've I've learned over the last ten years probably is find if you're going to spend all your time doing something, find something you actually like to do. I do love the job. Right. I love the work. Makes a difference. And I love the work. Of course, you're gonna get pissed off sometimes.
0: Why you're human? Right. It's human emotion. What uh, What's your best memory of school?
1: My best memory of school, aside from leaving, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, the growth, man, the friendships that were formed while going through school, um, the, just the growth. I love you know learning something new that I can apply and use. Um, Filling the completion of of that task, whatever it is, you know, fixing fixing somebody's breathing problem. You can see the, you know, see that you can, turnaround. You can see that turnaround. I mean, it obviously can go either way, but once you once you see it, um, you know, the successful fruits of your labor. I guess. Well,
0: don't forget because there's a man. little part of you that says, "I did that," right. <laughs>
1: And I mean, you can't, you can't, you can't get that fulfillment every right. day, but those times when you do get that fulfillment carry you through the bad times a lot, I feel like.
0: Right. And I would get that. I would have that conversation weekly with my wife because I would run calls and they would all be low budget routine. I would show up, we'd go to the hospital. I would come home and be like, oh, all this high dollar medic school stuff can't get any of that seven percent man I just want one i mean i don't want someone to have a STEMI, but i want to be there when they do right um i don't want someone to have a head-on car wreck on the highway but i really want to be close when they do absolutely um and then when i you know twice a year when i would run a bad trauma um because i couldn't buy them for whatever reason it's just a white cloud traumas medical <laughs> medical detective guy Um, I would come home and be like, oh my God, we had this ass slinging trauma. It was awesome. Blah, 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 blah. And I'd go be on and on about it. But you know what though? This was wrong and this was bad. And she's like, you're never happy. It's it's I run routine calls and I want to run high acuity. You run come home, you run high acuity and you now you run too many high acuity. I was like, yeah, but I keep going back. I love the work. Absolutely. So again, you know, you people they always say people complain because because they want to make the place better. They want to make the job better. And I, I truly believe that. And again, everything you just said, you are the picture of adult learner. You wanted to learn a skill that you could use when you walked out of the classroom door because it's like, man, that's great. The theory is awesome. I'll get that. I want to go. I want to turn that breather around. I want to juice up that diabetic and, you know, move on. So Right. Make uh, a difference. Absolutely. What's your worst memory? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> There's a laundry list, right?
1: Well, I mean, like I said, man, medical school is designed to make you mad, piss you off, I think. <laughs> if not, turn you into an alcoholic. I don't know. Maybe all the above. Uh, my worst memory? Man. Just being so exhausted and tired yeah. all the just time. Beat down. If, if that feeling like, you know, I listen to some of the other podcasts and I can agree with some of the things that was stay. And I was impressed with, with uh, Rita's. Like, she inspires me. My, she's, my, I always think of that. She's story. so great. Yeah. Like, um, I just want to add that in there. But uh, just being tired and exhausted and feeling inadequate because I don't think, uh, there again, medic school gives you so much information There's no way in the world you're going to grasp all of it. Right. And I'm like, if I can't grasp it all, I'm not going to be adequate to do what I need to do. I'm going to forget something when I need to remember something. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to fail. And yes, you are going to fail, but you grab enough of that information to be, I feel like, a little better than what you have to be to start out. And the rest of it comes in time. So just that feeling of inadequacy and tired and down and like it's never going to happen and you're never going to get there. right?
0: And just not understand, You're not... you think you understand a concept, and then maybe that test grade is not so good. And Absolutely, you start questioning yourself, and you have a lot of self doubt. Or you go out on a you go out on a ride time, and you're like, man, you walk you walk into it, and you, you meet your preceptor, and you're like, dude, bring it on! I'm gonna dude, I'm gonna my job tonight. Wow, you! I'm gonna do it. And then you get out there and you, you, you're missing the IV. Your brain's working like way faster than your 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 hands are, your eyes are. And you always get that one. I mean, I remember one time in school, somebody handed me, like I was on. I was like, guys, I'm going to make you guys think I'm so awesome tonight. And they handed me an EKG strip. And I was like, oh, it's AFib all day. And they're like, mm, yeah, you're done. And I was like, <laughs> well, it's afterwards it was definitely not a fib it was the most normal normal sinus rhythm ever (laughs) with a patient who was really with no symptoms and they're like what did you say it for i was like i don't know and they're like so you're not thinking i was like i guess not they're like well paramedics need to think and i was like oh all right crushed i need to go i need to go study more or i should maybe take a breath and count to three before i answer a question and then learning experience and then when i say fail you failed the call like when you screwed up where i went to school where you 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 messed up the ecg didn't care if you hit the iv or you knew what the diagnosis was oh you missed a lethal what they would count as a lethal rhythm like everyone should be able to hit afib from across the room i was like well great highest i got on that call
1: 74 done Failed. What am I going to do? That's now I going to make up for it. You failed the battle, not the not the war. Not the war, right? right. Uh, (laughs) Man, uh, one of my said, my FTO, whenever I was at EMT, told me um, after I became after I got my medic, he said everybody wants you to say, don't just sit there, do something. But he said, I want you to know something. He said, don't just do something, stand there.
0: Right. Somebody wrote an article with that. I don't know. I don't
1: know where he got it from, man. But it was it was crucial because like we had this severe breathing problem. I'm thinking, okay, well, I can throw some albuterol at it. I can throw some, you know, if you get, I can throw, you know, CPAP at it if I need to. I got solumeterol, max sulfate, you know, the whole yep. gambit yep. was, you know, high flow, put an entitled nasal cannula on them and transport and then put the monitor on. And she's also in SVT. And right. like, Okay, well, that changes things just a little bit. Right. Um, you know, so you don't get that tunnel vision. And he's like, sometimes you got to just take a step back. Assess everything that's going on, even when there's thirty people in the room, ten firemen over here, and you know whoever whoever's there, take a step back and don't get zoned in. Right there again, making it your emergency. You're getting so worked up about right. what's going Absolutely. on. Absolutely, it is serious. It Absolutely. is serious. You got to do something. Right, but take a second to think about what you're going to do. I, I agree 100. percent
0: I Agree 100. Um,
1: I notice that
0: years into practice and it was not until I left the field to come teach that I it was cemented in my brain when I started taking the students to the local emergency department which was awesome because we got to treat the most high acuity patients and I didn't have to carry them down six flights of stairs and they came to me I didn't have to go to them and I was working in a well-lit area with all the equipment within arm's reach and then I noticed that how the hospital staff acted and there were patients that like i know that if i would have brought in or i would have even said in the radio report bad breather or what i felt was a bad breather who wasn't being turned around quick enough with meds or cpap or whatever like i would call in i'd be like yeah have respiratory standing by with a vent yeah and we'd get there and i'd look at the therapist because you know, we're your friends and i'd be like unass ask yourself from that uh stool man i'll see you in you know room two and we're gonna tube this guy if i would have had five more minutes i'd have done it for you and he'd be like, all right. And I was like, no, you don't understand. Get the box. We're doing it now. And he's like, yeah, OK. And you come in. You do your handoff. The doc comes in. Therapist comes in. They're like, uh, yeah, you know what? Uh, we're going to go ahead and try a uh, hour-long albuterol. I'm like, dude, I just gave him three albuterol. We need to tube this guy. He needs our side. I would have done it myself. I'm going to drive around the campus, and I'll go back and do it. And uh, they're like, yeah, yeah, we're going to give him albuterol. Hour-long albuterol. Then they put them on BiPAP, and it turns them around. And I was like, whoa, but you should have RSI'd them. I I came in here. My hair was on fire. (laughs) Why aren't you doing anything? And then I was like, wow, we rush. We really rush. And it's in our name, Emergency Medical Services. And we're like, oh, bad breather didn't turn around with CPAP. Tube. Done. Tube. Wait, maybe we should just step back. Let's maybe... Albuterol is just, it's medicine. It's not magic. Let's give it a couple minutes. Let's right. let's see. And, uh, you know, I, I'm watching this poor guy breathe hard for 45 minutes. But you know what? He's not going to respiratory arrest. He's not dying. I was like, wait, 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 wait. You know? We rush. We are rushing. And I think we rush. And I think we miss stuff. And we miss out on being methodical. And... Maybe we're trying to help. i got to get the IV for the nurses or i got to get this done before I get to the hospital. So.
1: I think that's why we rush. And I, like I said, I don't have 20 years' experience or nothing like that. But I, I honestly believe the reason why sometimes we do rush is because we have seen that person go from how we find them to – all of a sudden, just crash like right. that, and you remember that, and you and you make an extreme out of every situation. Right. There's, there's not, a, uh, you know, a bad, a worse. If I an get extreme. the line,
0: he won't go into respiratory arrest.
1: Right. It's, it's, it's like you know, we we take it to the extremes right. sometimes, you know, and it makes us get in a hurt, you know. I agree. And I agree. Like you said, take a step back and look. You know,
0: how important are mentors? coming up, whether it's through school, through life, through that first year of practicing as a paramedic?
1: Having people to speak into your life is crucial, mm-hmm. whether it's in EMS, whether it's just in your personal life, just how you're conducting yourself. You've got to have people that are outside the situation that, that you trust to speak good things into your life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, I think that's, that's crucial. Uh, I haven't always had that but i have i have been fortunate like i said earlier you know have great mentors that i can i can go to i trust that give me great solid advice in EMS right um you know i have i have friends that i trust to speak good things into my life so i mean i, I honestly believe that having a mentor having somebody outside the situation speaking in is critical in this field
0: not necessarily your paramedic fto or you well, know even
1: <laughs> funny you say that um <laughs> I actually didn't get an FTO right now. <laughs> um, I, I like I, they always put me with strong medics right now, uh, but I didn't get your generic like titled FTO. Right. You know, I've worked with some senior medics who who they've been putting me with during this time period. Um, people that, that have been doing it a while that have been able to help me out. But I think, like you said, though, a mentor, you know, doesn't necessarily just have to be an FTO. It could be anybody who's... doesn't you, even need to be in, in EMS in the career absolute, field. No, no, it doesn't have to be. No. Just somebody that you trust. And, right. And I don't even think, it, like, a mentor should be your spouse. Like I don't think you can have that. I think you need somebody outside of the situation, outside of your life, you know, as far as, you know, outside of the situation, look, speaking in. Right. Um. That, that, that will be very realistic with you and say, you know what, if you're screwing up, we will be like, Hey, look, you're screwing up. Right. You might want to think about this because they care about you. Right. And they want to see you do better. I don't think you can grow leaps and bounds without that.
0: Right. Do you, do you have a mentor? Do you have somebody you would consider that? I, I do. I, ha-
1: I, ha- I actually, I think I have more than one, you know, okay. friends that, you know, that I trust to speak into me.
0: That's good. That's real good. And do you think it's benefited you? Absolutely. Definitely. In that first year. Oh, yeah. All right, oh, yeah. Good. So that kind of will move into a couple other things. So for you, when did it all kind of did it click or has it clicked? And when I say that, I've talked before about having that EMS epiphany. Is Some people get it or they have it during maybe the last semester of school uh, for us, which is a prep semester for your for your national registry testing. Uh, or some people, it clicks for them. on a a, like an ending ride time in a capstone or even while they're walking down the aisle at graduation or pinning or maybe other people in that first month or so six months one year some people after a year they just kind of everything kind of falls into place not saying they get comfortable but things are like man this is this is it i'm out i'm doing it i i ran that call and i i was successful i felt like i was successful i felt like no one needed to hold my hand, and I understood everything that the patient said, and I was able to put two and two together, and I came up with a treatment plan.
1: I, mean, I think there's actually two times that I, I don't know, like I could probably define as it clicked with me. Like one of them was during AMLS card <laughs> class. Like that class by far was the best class I feel like I had through medical school. I think it tied a lot of things together, gave you the physiology behind it, how everything's working together, how, you know, you go into your treatment assessment, assessments and treatments. Right. Um, it tied a lot of things together. So I felt like things started to click, you know, not just, you know, air goes in and out, blood goes round and round, any deviation from that, obviously we say that, that all the time. Right. But it really it, it really is, don't overthink it, you know. It really is that, I mean, it, it really is that simple, you right. know. Keep an eye on your basics, you know. To me, and and, and that's when it clicked for me is AM, AMLS. Um, and then it reiterated that on my very first call, my very first day as an operating medic, very first call. All right, this is your this is your ALS call. We show up, and this lady's having a stroke. Mm-hmm. I mean, had surgery earlier that day. Was fine. Walked over, sat on the couch, stroking. And I'm like, okay, let's get, I'm, muscle memory kicked in. Okay, well, let's get, you know, let's get our pressure, let's get our BGL, let's do this, let's get a history, let's get our meds, blah, blah, blah you know, the gambit. Um, you're doing, trying to do an assessment, she can't follow you, she's looking up to the left, stroking, you know, stroking. All right, let's get her on the stretcher, let's get her to the truck and get her to the hospital It's within our window. It didn't realize, really at the time, until we got in the back of the truck, hey, this is your ALS call, <laughs> you know, this is your deal. Cause I'm used to slamming the door, get up there and being an ambulance driver, right? You know, you know what right, I mean? right, right, yeah, responsibility so, right. Responsibility stops at the back door, and I'm like, oh my god, this is this is on me. My, right. my partner said, "You need anything else?" I'm like, um, I'm good to go. Right, slam the doors and off we went. It's a lonely feeling. It, it is. It is. <laughs> and then muscle memory takes over. The, that training you get it in class. You know, you start your IV, you you maintain, you know, monitor and vital, start training, you know, do everything you have to do, and then. Tell tell them when you get to the ER. You know, I mean, give your report, and and that was on point. I felt like when I walked away from that, and I can't say it for every call, right? Obviously, there's there's pucker moments a lot these days, but for that call, I walked away from it after the hospital, feeling like there there's nothing that I felt like I would have changed. Right now, somebody else may have looked at it and said. This is one thing. The doctor asked me if I had a phone number for the family. I did not have a phone number for the family. What family? Right? <laughs> I sure don't, sir, but they're in the waiting room. Right. So, like, I mean, and, and I guess that's the humbling part of it because I thought the call was flawless. Like right. I, I didn't miss anything. And then the doctor's like, well, did you, why didn't you get a phone number for the family? And I'm like... You know what I didn't, I didn't. Even, There's like, really no answer I can give me?
0: right now. That does not sound wrong when I say it. Exactly. Right? And I'm no matter what out. I say,
1: everything was perfect, but I didn't have that phone number. Yes. And that's the only thing I took away, but it clicked for me because I was like, I, at the end of the day, I managed that patient to right. the best of my ability and right. use my training. I, I was happy with
0: it. I'll polish it later. Right. I made it. I absolutely <laughs> right. made it. And that's what it's about. It's about making it through that first call. That's good. Awesome. Um, I call the first year a survival year. First year, I always tell you guys, uh, Facebook every year graduated great, and I always tell you, good job, well done. I know where you work. You have your work cut out for you. Now the real learning starts, um, nice. and it's the survival year. And I stole that from teaching. They talk of uh, I so most if most people don't know, um, this is really a, it's not really a second career, but um, I was originally when I came out of school I was going to be a teacher and I hated it and I walked away from it I didn't like being inside I like DMS a lot better and uh they used to talk about that first year as a teacher is your survival year it's because you're overwhelmed there's 25 kids in a class you're learning curriculum you're doing a ton of work at home and if you can make it through that first year you can start developing yourself as your own teacher, and you can figure out what works, what doesn't. And you become you. You develop you. And there's a ton of parallels that I saw immediately through EMS, and uh, I stole it. And it's the survival year. So you're not in your you're in your survival <laughs> year. You're in your survival couple months. Right. But you came in with a ton of experience. So what do you think of what What did tell me about your survival year?
1: So far, I mean, the last couple months, like I said, I, I've continued to learn. Continued, like I, I look at every medic that I work with, whether they're considered by the general consensus to be a great medic, a sharp medic, a smart medic, a horrible medic, a lazy medic, or whatever kind of medic they are, I feel like I can learn something from all of them. Right. Um, I, like I said, I've worked, I've had the fortune been fortunate enough to work with great medics, and I can take experience from that and say, look, this is what I want to do. I want to take something from this, and I can work the one with some of the folks that. Maybe aren't considered that great medic or that strong medic or whatever, and maybe I can see some things that maybe I don't want to do. Right. So I feel like I can take something away from everybody, and if throughout this survival year, I feel like it's going to you know develop habits that's going to extend throughout the rest of my career. I, I, I definitely know. lean on uh, you know, there's so many people that I work so many strong, and you're well aware of this. There's so many strong medics that I work with. I, I, I can't say enough good stuff about a lot of them. The majority of them are phenomenal. Um, and so I just try to stand close enough to them to s- some of that stuff to rub off on me. Right? Yeah. I, right?
0: and I think you and you know I think you have a a, a special case yourself because you don't have an assigned FTO, uh, which again, the training and education guy side of me says, I'm you know I would be failing you if I'm not giving you biweekly evaluations and closely monitoring your progress for five to six months. The educator realist side of me says, you know what? That's how I did it. When I came up as an EMT, you weren't, you weren't afforded one person to hold your hand for six months. And you got to experience this person, that person. This is how so and so writes a chart, or oh, I like how she writes that. I'm going to use that. I'm going to add that into my repertoire now. Or oh, hey, I used to do this when I would start a line, and I saw someone do this. I'm going to try that. You know what? That didn't work for me. I'm going to I'm going to forget that. But somebody else, I'm going to do this. And you start building. You build. You fill that tool. You know, out of school, just the very bottom of that toolbox is filled. Now all of a sudden, you can start adding to it. Um, and what works for you, I always say it's like telling a joke. Um, someone tells you a joke and you retell it. You remember the punchline. You remember the important parts. And then you might tweak it a little bit and make it your own when you retell it. It's the same thing in, in, in pre-hospital care. You learn the bu- You learn the basic building blocks. You struggle through school. You pass your entry level. Now all of a sudden you start to build and and that, and honestly that is that survival. So I think you're probably more fortunate that you get to see who you want to be like, who you don't want to be like, what works for you, what works for other people might not work for you. What works for you might not work for other people. Um, And just having that, that variety of interaction. So a lot of people back in the day, we used to say the part-timers kind of had it really well because they would work with tons of different medics, different attitudes, and just you'd see them over a year just become their own person, and it was great. Sometimes it was awesome, and you'd be like, "Wow, where did you learn that?" Oh, so and so. Oh, hey, I bet you work with so and so. I know he does that.
1: You know, that, that's their
0: signature, right?
1: So. And I mean, I bet I get an FTO after they hear this. I mean, you know, <laughs> no, nah, I mean, I don't know. And like you said, though, I mean, I get to work with different people. Mm-hmm. Um, if I, I'm, I'm pretty straightforward though. Like, if I have a question, I'm definitely gonna ask. Right. If I if I need clarification, like I'm not I'm not too proud to just say. Hey, you know call for code 5 if i if, if it's if it's so far out there that i'm so stumped that i'm am on a, i'm on a block I, I'll call for Code 5. Right. That's what they're there for, man. Right. You know, right. come on out here and ride in with me. Even if you just sit there and just be like, I don't know, make me feel better about right. it. You know and what hand I mean? Holds, there's, there's, shoulder right, rub, pep talk, my, all I you need, need. Every once in a while, I need my feet rubbed, too. Right. I don't, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'll return the favor one day. Right. right, 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 right. Um, absolutely. But, I, I mean, I don't have a problem. I, I'm comfortable in my skills. I'm not comfortable every on every call yet, though. You know yeah. what I mean? There's still that, that fear factor. How,
0: uh... Well, yeah uh, so fear I, I i like talking about fear a lot uh, I, I think fear as a new medic regardless of experience keeps you on your toes mm-hmm. um and it keeps you most of the time from making i uh, was uh, career ending clinical errors or errors in clinical judgment and i think that's good um and I don't, I love when people say, man, I was scared. I was terrified. <laughs> like the new man, I was terrified. I was terrified on that call or I was terrified on my first ride. I always ask people, "So now you've been doing it for a while. And on the, the third service, the transfer side of it, you know, you have prearranged trips. Somebody usually calls you on your cell phone or, or, an, or an old alpha page or whatever. But you came into local EMS. We didn't have tones anymore. So the radio just kind of alerts, or the, com- or the MDT, the computer, just boop, boop, and then all of a sudden you go on a call. So when we had tones, I used to ask people, be like, hey, when the tone goes off, did your stomach do the little flip-flop thing where you oh, got yeah. really excited? And you're like, ooh, gunshot. Yeah, right.
1: absolutely. Did it? Oh, yeah. I mean,
0: it, How about I, when the computer alerts now, does it do it?
1: Oh, man, I tell you, it's funny that you even said something about that, because <laughs> on my ride time, I rode with a, another local... Service here, mm-hmm. you know, emergency service, you know, not far from here. And whenever any status change in any of their units has it like they're on scene or at the hospital, anytime there's a change, their computers make the sound that our MCTs make once we have a call. Right. So I would hear that go off and I would jump up, like, all right, time to go. Where are we right. going? And awesome. they're like, no, that's not even us. That's a whole nother truck. They, <laughs> they're at the hospital, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> Dude, that's so frustrating. My my anxiety's kick, you know kicking in.
0: It, was it? No, listen. Was it? Was it really
1: anxiety or was it excitement? I think it's a little of both. Like I mean, and I would, I don't know if I would call it anxiety. Maybe it is just excitement. I mean, you become hyper alert. Yeah, right. You, I mean, it's your senses kicking. It's in.
0: time to be a student now.
1: Right. Yes. Yeah, and I mean, I can't. That's why I can't work nights because I there's no way I could <laughs> take a, I, I can't take a nap or sleep. As long as that radio is close, because I'm yeah. always expecting to go off. That's you know? it.
0: That's exactly what and, I'm talking about. That yeah. is exactly what I'm and talking about on. with the tones. Because I remember as an explorer, we'd be sitting in a big, uh, sitting in our, our common area, and another truck would get a call, and I'd be up there like, It's not us. Sit down. I was like, But I want it to be us. Right. Let's go. And they're like, It's not us. Sit down. I was like, All right, great. And then I do it again. They're like, That's not even us. At the fire department. It's sit sit down. down. Sit down. Calm down, buddy. And like, you know, I would watch people do that as I got into the career. And it honestly, it brings me joy to see people do that. Now, there's a really weird thing. There's a time that goes for me. It went away. Right. And you you think, well, maybe I'm really comfortable. And I've I've said it a lot before. Year five of ALS for me, I was bored, bored to death. There wasn't a call you were going to excite me on. Oh, gunshot. Yeah. Like my probies running down the hallway of the fire department (laughs) And I'm wrapping my food. I'm like, yeah, oh, we'll get to that because right. we're just gonna go plug the hole. Trauma center's four minutes away. We're gonna be great, right. you know. Um, and it's not. I don't know that it didn't excite me, but it wasn't. It wasn't sixteen-year-old Chris the Explorer. Stub toe. Let's go. Right. Get the get the cape. Get the cape out. Get in the ambulance. Let's go. Well, um, I mean,
1: we run. Uh, sometimes it gets redundant. I mean, you you're on your seventh, eighth call of the shift. Yeah, yeah. You, you haven't been able to make it out of the parking lot of the local hospital <laughs> before you get popped with another one. Calls holding. You, you barely had time to pee. You know, there's calls holding. There, there's always another call. There's always going to be the next thing. You have to find ways to keep it. Like, like I said, I enjoy it. Right. I enjoy being able to help people. I also, on the opposite coin of that, I get frustrated. We show up, you know, somebody's got chest pain. You know, they might be having an you know, MI or whatever. Let's get out there see what's going on. We get out there and they just need their prescription filled. Right. Like, that sometimes becomes frust- not beyond frustrating. It becomes right. infuriating.
0: You start disliking patients.
1: Right. And so, you know, but I've talked with other people before and say, you know, how you react to a situation says more about you than it does about that, that person who definitely doesn't need an ambulance, who right. needs to go to their primary doctor pay their doctor bill get their pre- regular prescriptions and take them as prescribed right we know that um, when, when
0: that when that patient know, wrecks your day that you're just like this is a waste of my time I can't believe I paid to learn all this and why you're wasting our time out here when someone else needs it? it's just and
1: then your very next call is a pediatric cardiac arrest that needed every needed ounce of your everything. training, right. right?
0: Every ounce so, of your training, and needed you to perform and to be not pissed off and jaded from that last guy. I absolutely get don't it. Don't miss and it some, by being pissed off. Right? Something awesome happens, and then like again, and you're just you're on the top of the world. Every call is awesome, and then it, it it's that ebb and flow. And honestly, I personally think there's nothing wrong with that until it becomes a persistent problem that interferes with your daily life and then we can talk compassion fatigue and burnout and that's another show
1: (laughs) well there's some people that are salty and it's inspiring right there's somebody on a on the evening shift that follows ours that always makes or not so much anymore but was making some facebook that were salty i'm inspired by that I, i love this guy he's an older guy been doing it for a while right you know, I look. I haven't actually even had a chance to work with him. I keep telling him I'm going to because I tell him his his, his negativity is inspiring inspiring right. for me. Right. Like I don't I, I I don't look at it even that he's even being negative or or trying to put anything down. He's trying to motivate the troops, and I've told him that. And you know, he's got my support. And you know,
0: I've worked with that guy.
1: Right. He's awesome. Rock star. <laughs> right. I hear the stories. I'm kind of jealous, but I, I you know he can listen to this and try to guess who it is. He's really weird because he tells a lot of
0: stories that we did together that I don't remember, but <laughs> evidently had a really big impact on him. And I was like, I don't remember that, but that definitely sounds like something I would have done. Right.
1: <laughs> no, maybe, but maybe that'd it. be that way with me. I read the stories <laughs> and, you know, I'm like,
0: I remember, you remember this time when this happened. And What's, I mean, one way or another, again, as long as you draw something from it, you know, you're going to grow. You'll grow. I, did, I got a few, I debate asking this question because I don't want the negative connotation on it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Would you say EMS as a whole has changed you?
1: And, as, and, as and, I'm not,
0: and I'm not saying Sean, the new paramedic. I'm saying Sean, who started EMS as the ambulance driver who progressed up over the last seven or eight years.
1: Oh, I think it's taught me a lot of things. <clears throat> um, not just not just good, bad. I mean, both. I mean, mm-hmm. I fuck like EMS, when you care about something that's going to impact you, I care about this field. I enjoy this field. I feel like EMS has made me a a more reflective person in Mm -hmm. a way. I reflect on the things that I've seen. Right. But at the same time, it's also taught me to balance things because to look, you know, you have to have a balance of the good, the bad, the time off. Right. You know, don't take things for granted because. Not just that, but I see situations in EMS. Like you see, you walk into this house, it's totally different. The situation and family set up, the, the, even as far as the cleanliness of the house, whatever it is, you see so much and you experience that. Right. And so, yeah, I feel like it probably has changed me. I, I would like to think for the better. That's how I approach it, too. Um, you know, I see, I try to take, but I, but that's me, though. I try to make myself better and grow from the things that I see versus letting it affect me to where I'm, you know, just take all the negativity because there's so much of that out there.
0: Absolutely. And we see a lot of it. Absolutely. On both sides, on the the EMS provider side and the patient side. Yeah. Uh, If if
1: I want to throw a pity party, you know, and I mean, you know, I, I don't know, maybe that's where the question, you know, if I want to throw a pity party and feel like, you know, EMS has made me a more nervous or, you know, scarred me. I mean, there's always something you're going to be able to find to use. And I'm not, I'm not degrading that at all. I mean, there's, there's people that have seen things in EMS and and you know in the military whatever the case may be that you know they have to work through right i have to work through it just the same it's just how you do that you
0: and know? that's why i i debate the question because i don't want people to think like you you are you asking if I have PTSD?
1: No, absolutely. I'm
0: not going to admit it.
1: Well, I mean, maybe <laughs> I don't know. Like, use things for positive. Use it to. You
0: well, no, that's me too. That's and, absolutely, and, and, yeah, it's absolutely. You walk, we walk in. We see again. You know, you're non-judgmental. You walk into a house and you're like, man, I have got it. If you're thinking like, man, I wish I had a bigger house, a better car, blah 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 blah, and you walk into someone who's a lot less fortunate to you in a horrible situation, and you're like, you know what? I don't have it that bad. Right. I got a roof over my head. I got food on the table. Uh, I get a great family support structure. Um, you know what? Maybe it is not as bad as I thought. Um, and you know what? Let's try and help this person out here too. Absolutely. So, yeah. So, I mean, I think it. I think EMS changes you. It's a, it's a servant type job. Um, and I think you said earlier, you know, a lot of people are built for it. Oh, yeah. um, I don't you know when you said that I could cause me to think I was like man I don't know if I'm built I don't know if I was built for it unfortunately for me it was a uh, like a lot of people it was a fallback job I just happened to get into it and be good at it I don't know if I liked it I just was good at it and then when other things in education didn't work out I was like you know what I'm pretty good at that and that pays money which pays bills right I'm gonna go do that and it just kind of, it, it kind of took off. And I was like, wow, this really, and people have that epiphany. Like, this is really what I was meant to do. And then you find out, like, again, people, a lot of people who know me, again, the word abrasive comes up back in the day. But, uh, I do. I like to help people. I I do. It's cliched, but I like helping people. Absolutely. Um, Even the ones that
1: piss you off, you you. you, you I like way, helping them. them happy.
0: Yeah, yeah, I like helping them. I like helping people Absolutely. when they're when they're sick. <laughs> um, so what's what's next for you? Where is EMS going to take? Where do you want to take EMS, and where do you think EMS is going to take you?
1: Oh man, I'm really enjoying it right now. Just trying, to, like you said, I haven't been doing it long. You know, I'm trying to enjoy it, learn, grow. Um, Obviously continue my education. I don't know if that is going to – I've looked it already into, you know, maybe getting a bachelor's in emergency management. Or my brother's been telling me about going to PA school. He's like, you need to do it. You need to do it. And so, I mean, I don't know. I don't know that I'd be happy in that setting, and I'm enjoying what I'm doing right now. Um, I don't know if I'll last 30 years doing this. I don't <laughs> know. I'm in good grade I can't – I don't know. Some people have. Some, some of the guys working with us now are, you know – you know, sit in their 60s. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it's possible. I don't know. We'll see. That's good. Um, just enjoying myself, trying to learn how to learn, form those friendships, and do good.
0: In a little while, you'll be teaching people. Right. They'll show, be riding with you going, what can you show me?
1: Show, Showing the work. Awesome. <laughs> awesome, man. Any other thoughts?
0: Nothing burning.
1: Nah, man. So so yeah. far so good. I, I appreciate you having me on. And-
0: I appreciate you coming on, buddy. Yeah, this
1: is absolutely. I
0: think now. I think I got. I'll say for every one of them, but like, oh, this is my favorite episode now. Yeah, but uh, it's good to have. It's good to have that fresh perspective. And you're not. You're not. You're a new medic. You're not new to EMS. Right. Um, so it's good to. You're not new to the system up here, which is awesome. Uh, and it's good to get that that. No BS assessment. Right. So, and again, worldly adult learner. So it's a really cool. In fact, I would also think that um, not to put words in your mouth, but it was probably difficult for you to sit in that classroom of younger high school graduates, zero to hero and <laughs> title right. generation yeah you know and you're the adult learner with wife kids and it's like god oh, let's get this done so i can get out there and start earning and do this and do that it on was. top of all the other stuff so. definitely
1: was and and my group was we, our our ambulance group name was the old timers because it was the three oldest ones in the bunch right and um you know and i had a great group some tj and uh, brandy uh we had a great group the old timers and we were, we were the only ones that were married with kids right and, and whatnot and um we just kind of stuck. it. We would always talk about the whippersnappers and, you know, how tough they must have it. And like I said, this is medic school's design, I think, to make you mad at stuff. And everybody in my medic class is probably like, that guy was such a jerk.
0: Man, I don't know you that know? I designed it that way, but, but, but we it just kind of happens. Right. I mean, happens. you
1: know, you have fun too. You grow and learn. And, I mean, it's, it's there for a purpose. And we had some good times and fun too. I mean, you know you got to make everybody think it's horrible, and, and in a lot of ways it can be. It is what you make out of it, Because oh, it feels better at the end when you feel like you've overcome it. Oh, absolutely. Oh, my God. And yeah. every, and you think you want people to relate to you, and everybody's like, look, they would tell me, I can, I can hear hellems now, you ain't the first one to go through it. Stop posting about it on Facebook, you know? <laughs> And I'm like, you're absolutely right, but you're going to have to hear me whine and bitch and moan and complain right. about it until I get out right, of it. Right, because it keeps me going back. Right, so exactly. we didn't
0: have Facebook when I went to paramedic school. Stone we just compl- tablets. We just complained to each other. <laughs> right. Yeah, we just complained to each other or anybody else who would listen. Right, Absolutely. <laughs> Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate you sitting down. Absolutely, Um, I loved hearing all that stuff, man. It's good, and I really do. I think a lot of people, if they're if they're real about it, they can draw some parallels to their experience. And again, if you're a student listening to this and you're getting through paramedic school, this is this is the motivating guy right here. Awesome, man. Thank you.
1: Yeah, thank you.